if any of you were, I know some of you were in Kathy's class just this past hour, and uh, I had this visual image of 10 or 20 of us showing up in her class on Sunday morning, and <laughs> these adult women, because I want to sit in on her class. It seems like a lot of fun and a great learning experience. Did you find your box? You got all your things back? Okay. All right. Do you, does everyone have one of these? Because we're going to use these. This is the, the little booklet that looks like this. Okay, one for Mary over here. And one back here for Ellen. Liberty needs one. Can you raise your hands again? Yeah, we're going to use these now. And if you don't have a pen, you're going to need a pen if you want to participate. We're going to be on page 41, 42, 43. We're going to talk about scripture writing. This is something that I've been doing for about five years. There's a couple more over here. Yeah, there's still some in the basket here. This is a great way to be in the Word on a daily basis. It's it's very non-threatening. It's very non-intimidating. Uh, should be very non-intimidating. Sometimes I guess we can get intimidated by non-intimidating things. But it's a uh, it's been life-changing for me. It's been really the one thing that I have stuck with consistently and been able to grow and learn from. There've been plenty of other things that I've done. Bible study wise that have been great for me but as far as consistency this has been what has worked for me uh, what I'm going to get y'all to do is to begin on page 42 there's or 43 sorry there is a page that has Colossians 3 1 through 10 printed on the top and then there's space with lines below and some space with lines on the next page and while I do a little bit of talking, I would like for you all to copy this. And you can do it however you want to do it. You can use the lines if you want to. You can go off the lines. I think the lines help me, but some people don't want them, don't like them. Whatever you want to do, y'all y'all do it the way you want to. So does everybody, has everybody found page 43? And just copy what is written there. This is Colossians 3, 1 through 10, and I'll read it. It says, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience, and in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. This is a little bit of a longer section than I normally do on a daily basis, but y'all can just work on that and I'll talk a little bit. Sorry, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Carla Moore. Um, I am a member here 
and I work with the school here and I enjoy being with the women here, working with the women here. But scripture writing started for me about five years ago and I created a book similar to this and some of you may already know this, already do this, but it's a, a spiral bound book or you can download the checklist and you can use your own notebook paper, you can use your own uh, index paper, just whatever kind of paper you want to use, scrap paper. Um, and we have a group on Facebook that we keep up with each other. We can read each other's notes and it's just kind of a camaraderie there. Or you can do it on your own. You can do it with a group at church. Can you hear me? What is the name of the group? It's called Write on My Heart Every Word. If I remember, I'll send you an invitation um, if you're on Facebook. <clears throat> um, but it began for me when we came here to Denver half the year and we're back in our home state of Texas the rest of the year. My mother lives there. And she's, she's lost a lot of mobility. She's lost a lot of independence. And I really wanted a way that I could stay connected with her on a daily basis. And she is a student of the Word. She loves the Word of God. She's, um, she has, as they say, probably forgotten more Bible than I'll ever know. She's a great Bible student. Um, but I created this book just kind of on a whim about a month before Christmas and it became her Christmas gift and I printed a lot of the Psalms and then some other from that was from about January through October of this year and then from about October through December there were some other scriptures that I kind of pulled from here and there things that I wanted to be comforting to her and I gave her one and then I kept one for myself that was her Christmas gift that year and I put dates, you know, it was every day, had a different page. And so we would each write the same scriptures. And then I would take a picture of mine. She would take a picture of hers. We'd either email them back and forth or text them to one another. And so then we'd have something to talk about. And I knew that she would enjoy talking about scripture. So this is how we got started on it. Well, after I gave it to her early in January, I, I put a picture of it on Facebook and then other people said oh, I want to do that that sounds neat let me do that so it kind of grew it's grown and grown and there's a community of about close to 6,000 women I think on on Facebook now that are doing this I am not the first person who's ever done this lots and lots of people have done it before there's um not the pearly peacock who am I thinking of there's a, a ruffled, mango. ruffled mango does they do a lot of themed scripture writing um I just read someone, it, may, it, it was a former editor, not, not uh, Jody, but the one before Jody, editor, Christian woman. <laughs> You're giving me the look like you don't know. Janie Cron, yes, just lost the name. But she mentioned the other day that she's, been, she's written the entire New Testament. So I know a lot of people have done this. It's not original to me by any means. But this is how I began doing it. Uh, so that was, there's a lot more to that story, but I don't want to take up too much time with that. That's how I began doing it. It just kind of grew and grew, and a lot of people have gotten interested in it, and I love it, and it's, it's something that keeps me accountable. It's something that's simple. If I don't have much time, I just write the, the scriptures. If I have a little more time, I'll dig into it a little bit more. If I have a lot of time, I'll really dig into it a lot. So that's something that I've been doing probably about five years now. Some, here's just a few. This is this is a very informal session, by the way. So if you have anything you need to ask or want to say, please do. But I have a few tips for you, and then we're going to actually do some hands-on. 
my first suggestion with scripture writing is to just do it. Just always do it. And I mean every day. And that's kind of hard. It, I, I sound a little bit uh, harsh is not the right word, but I, I really do believe you just do it every day. Even if you don't have time to study it out, just write it. It literally will take you maybe five minutes because usually it's four verses. Some verses are longer than others, so it may take you a little bit longer, but I think we can all find five minutes. There have been times that, that I've gone to bed and I've thought, oh, I didn't do it. I'll do it tomorrow. No, I'm going to get up and do it. And I do, and I'm glad that I've done it. So just do it every day, even on holidays and trips. I take my book with me. I, I print one out. Like I said, you don't have to print one out. You can print one at Office Depot. There's a, a place called TCI Graphics that would print one for you. But uh, Lynn, she just prints out pages. What, a week at a time, a month at a time? And, and she has a loose leaf notebook and um, so she just takes the pages that she's working on you know, while she's gone. So there's any, any number of ways to do it, which is another thing that I love about it is that you do it how it works best for you. I know Kathy has different ways that she does it and, and you, you don't have to do it like I do it. These are just my suggestions. Uh, number two, always keep the surrounding context in mind and sometimes this can be a little bit difficult when you know, I can only do four verses a day, and a lot of times the context is much broader than four verses. So before you write, you kind of need to go back up and refresh your memory of what you wrote the day before and the day before, and maybe read a few verses after that. Read it out loud, but keep the context in mind. That's so important. Third suggestion, do not be a perfectionist. And this is one that I can't overemphasize because I think a lot of times we start out, especially at the beginning of the new year, and we want it to look really pretty. And there's some people that this works for. They know how to do it, and, and they have a, a, a routine. But I know one woman in particular, she, she writes, uh, always writes the words of Jesus in red. She writes locations in purple. She writes verbs in green. I can't do that. I, I would, I'd be, okay, what color? I have, you know, it just would be too confusing to me. Now, if you can do it, more power to you. But I would just suggest not to be a perfectionist because then it is discouraging and you'll put it down and, and you'll quit. So just, if, if you've ever seen any of my pages, it looks like chicken scratch. I mean, it's just chicken scratch. And I know if anyone ever tries to understand my notes, they probably don't like my notes very much because I do them for me. And I, want, I would hope that y'all would do yours for you. It's, I'm not doing it for anyone else and and I maybe there's sometimes that I should but no I do it for me and if I can understand it I feel satisfied with that I know I can go back and I have many times that like when we studied through the book of Acts I was able to go back to my notes and I was able to understand and remember some things that I had studied so don't be a perfectionist remember that this is for you and that it's not for other people um, then number four look for repeated words and key phrases in what you're writing because if there's something that's repeated that means it's there's something special and important all of every word of scripture is important don't misunderstand me but if something is repeated there's emphasis there so look for that number five try to identify people when they're mentioned there's lots of books and helps that you can find out you know go look them up find there's a book called who's who in the bible Use things like that. Find out. Just do a little digging into who they are. Uh, every time a location is mentioned, this is number six, track it on a map. 
on, in the download I almost always put a map of the Mediterranean world and try to make it big enough where you can kind of plot on a map and so that gives you a better idea of when Paul goes to Thessalonica you know where is that and then how far is it from this last place that he was did he travel across a body of water did he you know was he going south or north or what continent was he on you know it just makes it more real in your mind and if you're a Bible class teacher this helps you in communicating to your students as well next number seven if the text references another passage go find it so a lot of times in the New Testament there will be something referenced in the Old Testament go find it and read it and, and understand why he's referencing that uh, scripture in the old, or the, the, from the Old Testament. Number eight, I have used www. Do we even say that anymore? Usebiblehub.com. And there, what other helps do some of y'all use besides Bible Hub? I know there's Blue Letter Bible. Are there any others? I, I mean, I use Logos too, but that's a paid program. There's tons of free programs. Bible Hub, uh, Olive Tree. So, if there are, other, are others, you might share. There's a GBN commentary. GBN commentary. Okay. Is it an app or is it a? Okay. Okay. So you know that's coming from the Brotherhood, where some of the other commentaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to spit out some bones a lot of times. There's lots of good stuff everywhere, and you just, you know, you have to be careful with everything. So, good, GBN. Um, I, in the books that I normally do, I use the NASB, but I that's not in the public domain, so I have to ask permission to be able to copy it, print it, and I have the last several years. I'm not sure next year which version it would be a lot easier for me to just use something in the public domain, but um, but I like to use a version that is easily understandable. It just makes a, a big, huge difference. But you choose the one you want to use. You do do it uh, what works for you. Um, number 10, use the Bible study method that works best for you. I use colors, pencil, color pencils to connect thoughts. Um, and I think, I mean, Lynn does that. She does a lot of colored pencils, too. Some people... Um, will write the scriptures on the left side and then you know on the same line they'll have a little note written so you just have to figure out the system that's best for you number 11 this is a huge one please please don't compare your study with anyone else's this is a real study killer because you'll look at yours and you will be dissatisfied with how yours looks compared to someone else's or you don't feel as smart as someone else or you're not you didn't have as much time as they had to spend on it for whatever reason just don't compare your study with anyone else's it's great to share and learn but we just don't want anyone to be discouraged number 12 read each series of verses out loud it really kind of feels a little funny at first but it helps you know you really are covering all the bases if you are an auditory learner you're hearing it if you're a hands-on learner, you're writing it. If you are a visual learner, you're reading it. So it covers lots of those different ways of learning. Um, let's see. Number 13, I put in the book, but we don't need to read that now. Number 14, don't plagiarize. That's kind of a given. If you if you write something from someone's commentary, you know, make sure you, even on your own study, because there may be a, there's a good chance you'll want to go back and look at it later. Make a note, note where you got that from. 
And then the last one that I have on here is to remember who wants you to be in the Word and remember who wants you to not be in the Word. And uh, that makes a, a huge difference to me. Okay, I'm going to try to show how I normally do it. did it all by myself. I didn't need Naomi. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> it's probably going to happen. Okay. Maybe by now most of you have finished writing the section of verses out and so I will kind of show you how I kind of, once I've gotten it written, I start looking for things. We have 23 minutes so we're not going to get all the way through this, but let me just throw this out there. If you are looking for repeated words and phrases, what did you see? Did you see any repeated words or phrases? You can say it out loud. Say it again. Seeking. You see it more than once in there? It's an important word, but that's not necessarily... I don't think it's a repeated word in here. Okay. Yeah, that is one thing. So maybe you can get your highlighter and you find there's Christ, there's Christ, there's Christ. And I'd written it's four times in here, so now I need to find the other one. Right here. Okay, and there's another repeated word. Similar. See, God... Okay. You see any other phrases or themes or thoughts? What about this one right here? Things above. So this passage is talking about things above as opposed to what? We can say things louder because I can't really hear here. Things that are on earth. And if you don't want to do color, you can do lines. And sometimes you can, like, do a different color line. Things that are on earth. And there's lots of times, several times in here that he talks about earthly things. So it's, to me, it's kind of it's good to look over this and just kind of get, get an overview of the things that you see that are similar and words that are repeated. What about lists? Do you see any lists in here? I'm going to connect these things right here. What lists do you see? Okay. I'm going to find a different color here. Okay, there's a list. Consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. Okay, there's a list. What else? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so we've got some lists in there. So we'll look at those a little bit closer if we have time. Okay, what's the first word in this passage? So what does that indicate? Something that it's, there's a reason it's there for. So look around the context. Look at the context before that. If you have your Bible, hopefully you have a Bible that you can look and see what's before Colossians 3, 1 through 10. I can do it on here. <coughs> so if you look back in Colossians 2, like at verses 11 and 12, in him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of, fle- of Christ. Then he says, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him. Now we've seen that in our context. Now if you've been writing through the whole chapter, you've just written this a couple of days before. So you'll remember, hmm, that, that's familiar. What I need to go back and see what that's there for. You were raised up with him through faith in the working of God. So he goes on and he's talking about being a Christian and having been raised up with Christ. And then he goes through and talks about some people who are trying to take that joy away from them and how they're trying to uh, impose these rules on them that they don't have to follow as Christians. He says, let no one keep defrauding you of your prize. And then he says, if you've died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why do you submit yourself to these things? So that's what he's talking about. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ. So know the context where you are. It's talking about being a Christian and having been baptized. If you are a Christian, then you're to do what? Keep seeking the things above. What's he talking about above? I would write here and over therefore the context and then I would make a little note to myself to go back to Colossians 2 not even 11 through 12 through the rest of the chapter so 11 and following um, and then I might make myself a little note about being buried with ba- in baptism so that will help me to remember if I go back and look at therefore what that therefore is therefore okay so if you've been raised up with Christ what is, what is he referencing here? Am I losing y'all? Let's look up a word. Let's look this up. You can go to Bible Hub. This is the app. Bible Hub app. Colossians 3 verse 1. And it gives you the Strong's numbers. Let me go do this again. When you go to Bible Hub and you look at the the app here, it gives you all the, not all, but lots of different translations. I don't know why they're in this particular order, but you can look and see the English Standard Version. You can see the King James, the New King James. You can compare them all here. On the right-hand side, it gives you cross-references. And then it gives you a couple of commentaries down here, Ellicott and Pulpit Commentary, and I found both of them to be pretty helpful. 
I don't know if yours may be a little bit different. If you have the app or if you go online and look at it, you may get different commentaries. I'm not sure why these always show up. I haven't, I don't use Bible Hub as much as I use Logos, so you, some of you may be more familiar with it than I am. But then you go down and it gives you the Greek. So therefore, since you've been raised with Christ, here is the word, the Greek word. Some apps will give you the pronunciation. Any of you want to try pronouncing this word right here? It, lo it looks like sidegerthete. But it gives you the definition there. What's the definition? To raise along with. Thank you, Shannon. <laughs> and it's a compound word. But you can look at different uh, different helps to find the definition of the word. You can also look at Strong's numbers. You can just touch that. It takes you to the other places where that word is used. In two other places. In Ephesians 2.6 and Colossians 2.12. And it shows you how it's translated there. If you look at the definition of a word, it really does open up your understanding of what what that word means, obviously. A Greek word, how what it means. Okay, going back here. So, what did we say that that word meant? A lot of times I'll write the word. And this would be the lemma. And that's a whole other discussion of roots versus lemmas. And the root of a word is like, like we would use the word run. That's the root word. But what other words come from run? Running or ran. So a lot of times when you're looking at the definitions, you're looking at the lemma of a word, meaning the different way that word is used. So to be raised up, to raise up from death, this one definition that I found and it means physical or spiritual so which one is it talking about here spiritual death so you're raised up from spiritual death you can also write the other locations Ephesians 2 6 that it was that it was used Colossians 2 12 this is just how I do it again you can do it the way you the way you want to do it so, therefore, if you've been raised up, if you've been raised from spiritual death with Christ, keep seeking. I think that this is an important. Whoops. Sometimes my pen turns to an eraser and erases things that I don't want to erase. Keep seeking. Anybody know anything about that word? Ongoing. Sorry? Ongoing. Ongoing. In fact, it is it is a present active imperative verb. Does that mean anything to anybody? <laughs> what is a verb? It's an action word, and I don't know a whole lot about it. But what is an what is the word imperative mean? It's a command. So you've got a verb that's a command. But the fact that it is present active, it's ongoing action. So keep seeking. I think this is kind of interesting when you look at it. Let me go back to Colossians 3. I'm sure there's an easier way of doing this, but... Okay. 
this, the Greek says, strive for. And the definition is to seek, to search for, to desire, to require, demand. And it's, it's, a, it's a powerful word, isn't it? It's really going after something. It's really seeking something. So I wrote down on my page, the word is Z-E-T-E-O. That's the Greek word. And then I wrote that it's a present. Now, if this doesn't mean anything to you, don't write it down. It helps me to know it's an imperative verb because I know it's a command verb and those are important but one definition that I found was to give serious devote serious effort to realize one's desire or objective and see I'm not being very neat but I can read my own writing so that is all that matters to me really Okay, so we're to keep seeking what? Things above. Now, what would that be? Heaven. Heavenly things as opposed to earthly things, right? So we're to keep seeking things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Then set your mind on. That's another interesting thing. Find things that are interesting to you or that you don't understand what they mean or... You know, they're just curious to you. If if you understand it, go on to something else. Uh, Kathy, if you have suggestions here. Lynn, I know you do it too. If, if there are things that you do, speak out and, and say so. Because I do it a certain way and not everybody does it this way. But to set your mind on, I looked this up. So I draw arrows and also I might like keep seeking and then I'll color it the same color over here so that I'll remember that that thought is connected. Um, okay, set your mind on. Let's look and see what that means. I already wrote it down so I won't go to Bible Hub. Another, another thing that's interesting to do to me is to look and see how it's translated in other translations. So you can also do that on Bible Hub. Uh, is that still in verse 1? That's in verse 2. Okay, so you've got all these definitions or these versions here. The NIV says, set your mind. Uh, English, set your mind. King James says, set your affection. What else do you see? Anything different? Keep your mind. Mm-hmm. Mind the things above think of what is above and I know some of these translations are not a word for word word for word translation but it still is interesting to me to see how it's translated so it gives you an idea of of the thought so we can look at the actual word and it's to think to judge direct the mind seek for observe care for but when you read it in context what does it make you think to set your mind on in context what is that making you think think about it mm -hmm. to really concentrate on it okay there's a contrast here 
focus on heavenly things and not earthly things, right? So do a little word study on that. See where else it's used, how else it's translated in other versions. Okay, um, going down a little bit further, here's another repeated word right here. When Christ is revealed, then we will be revealed. What does the word revealed mean? It's not used the way we use it in English, so let's see how it's used here. And that is in verse 34. Sometimes you look at a word and you expect it to be a different, you know, you, you expect it to be something different than in the Greek, but it's not. So you, you go, okay, well, I'll move on to something else. Appears is how it is in here. So what is the definition here? <coughs> to make clear, visible, manifest, to make known. So let's write those words in here. When Christ, who is our life, is made known, then you also will be made known with him in glory. Does that make sense? Does it give any shed any more light on the context of the passage? Or do you need to look for a different word? Now, if you understand it, if it makes sense to you, then that's good. But if you want to dig into it a little bit further, then dig into it a little bit further. Okay. Um, when Christ, who is our life, so that's an interesting thought to me too. So he's talking a lot in this context about life and death, but not physical life and death. He's talking about spiritual life and death. So if you look through here, there's different references to spiritual life. When he says raised up, he's talking about spiritual life. He says you have died spiritually. Your life is hidden with Christ. So there's another reference to life. And again, here in this passage, Christ is your life. Uh, and then he talks about how my body is to be dead to these things. So there's a, a lot of contrast here between spiritual life and spiritual death. So when you think about life, what does that mean in this passage? So, you know, you don't have to write all these things down, but meditate on them, think about them, uh, consider what it means in your own walk. Then that's another thing, uh, references to your spiritual walk. And he even says it right here. In them you also once walked. And we, we have five minutes, so I won't go through this list. You can go through and define immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire. You know, it's interesting to look at those words and see how they're defined. But in them you once walked. And the other night in our ladies' class on Wednesday night, Lori Boyd spoke to our women and she talked about the Christian walk and she talked about how Enoch walked with God and what is our spiritual walk and this is a Greek word peripateo and it's a compound word and this word peri what does that make you think of what word do you hear the beginning of what word do you hear there periscope is one what about the perimeter of something? Which is what? Okay. 
and this is walk. So the way we walk around this life, how do you walk around this life? Not your physical walk, but how do you, how do you, uh, how do you, how, what word am I trying to find? When you comport yourself, your behavior, the way that you step around, um, the way you deport yourself. So this is what he's talking about. In these things you once walked. It's kind of sobering to think about walking in immorality, walking in impurity, walking in passion, evil desire, greed. That's what will bring down the wrath of God, right? He says you were living in them, but now put them all aside. Put these things aside. And this too is an interesting word. Put them aside. A lot of times things that are in uh, English might be three or four words. In Greek will be one word. But put them aside. And he says it again. Laid aside. And then he says put on. And when you define these words, it really is this word right here, laid aside, is this word, apec diomai. It's just kind of fun to say Greek words sometimes, but it means to take off or to strip off. And then this word, put on, is E-N-D-Y-O, and it means to dress or clothe. So you get the sense that you have taken off this old person when you were raised up with Christ. You took off these clothes or these garments if you will of sin of the way that you are walking in immorality and impurity and passion you've literally pulled this off and then you put on the new self a few years ago when I did a young ladies lesson I um, I took some old t-shirts that I got in a Goodwill and I put them in the driveway and I ran over them with my car so they had all kinds of dirt and nasty things on them and I had three or four of the girls wear them to class and they had tire marks and dirt and since we live in the country there's probably some other things on them that didn't smell very good and we talked about this and how this is a life of sin and it's a life of dirtiness and you don't want to live in that it's it's not a way God wants us to live and so I had them take those off of course they had something on underneath and I had brand new t-shirts that they put on over their clothes and so it demonstrates you know when you when you really dig into these words when I look at you lay something aside you know it makes me just think that I'm I'm taking this pencil and laying it on that table but the definition of the word is to take off to strip off get rid of and then put on you know it's a very uh, active way of doing things so I know that that I hope it wasn't confusing. I, I don't want to confuse anyone because this is just how I do it. Again, you do it the way. I, I know some of you do it different ways, but just do it. And if you don't do this, do something else that you're in the Word every day because it makes a difference in your life. It will, uh, being in the Word changes your heart, it changes your behavior, it changes your thoughts, changes everything about you. So, I hope that you will get into the Word of God until it gets into you. Does anybody have any questions or thoughts? We just have a minute or two left. The coloring you did, do you keep a graph on the side of your Bible to know that God is purple? No, 
I don't. Some people do, but that's kind of what I was talking about with not getting uh, caught up in a complicated color scheme because then I would constantly be looking back at my color codes or whatever and I just don't. I, the only thing that I do is to keep, and I didn't do it very consistently in here, but like to keep my thought, that needs to be a different color, let me do orange, just so that I'll know that this is what that was for. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, I, I didn't, for time's sake, I guess I didn't didn't connect them. But I, if I was doing it on my own, I would have done this. And then I would have done another one, like here. Just to keep the colors connected so I would know what note goes to what word or what thought. Okay. Any other comments? I have a notebook, a spiral. It looks just like this, but it's a lot thicker. And I have about five years worth, and and I have, um, I go back and look at them if, if we're studying through a certain book of the Bible. But um, but I, I like them because it's kind of like my own study material, and it's what I love a lot about it is it's just the word. It's not um, someone leading my thoughts other than myself and the word. I like to read others' comments. I like to read what other people find. But it's just a little different to me because it's it's just the word. Now, how do you pick your, your topic? Um, well, when I did it with Mom the first time, I wanted the Psalms because uh, I thought it would be comforting to her. She told me later that the Psalms were not very comforting for her. <laughs> but they were for me. And there's a whole other story about November and December 2020 when John had his heart event and some of the scriptures that I had planned. I'd literally put the book together a year before, but how applicable and how comforting they were as I was writing through them when he was going through that. But that will take too long to tell. Anybody else? Mm -hmm. On that Bible Hub app, there is a one of the directions that you can go has the phonetic spelling as a Greek word. Okay. And so you can kind of get a clue on how to pronounce them. They may not be right, but uh -huh. you know, depending on our accents, but it is phonetically spelled out. That'd be good. Good to know. Um, th this is what I use. So when I. I use Logos, and so I just am more familiar with it. So when I try to teach it and I'm using Bible Hub, it's a little clunky for me because I don't use it all the time. Some of you probably know it a lot better than I do. But there's a lot of really helpful things that are for free, and Logos is not free. Okay, anybody else? I hope you'll get into the Word.